Okay, I'm going to ask you a question, which not only am I willing to bet you've never asked yourself, ever, with any degree of sincerity. It's one of those questions you might have asked yourself in a very joking manner or even asked other people in a very joking manner, but I'm willing to bet you've never delved deep and sought an actual, genuine answer and if you were to ask yourself this question I'm also willing to bet that you might not like the answer and the question is this I want you to think about your best friend that one person who you know will always do anything for you now you might have two or three of these people I'm in a very and I don't use this word lightly I'm in a very luxurious position whereby I have three such humans and I can't under I can't honestly overstate how grateful I am to have like three humans in my life like friends not family friends who who have proven time and time again to do anything for me now I want you to think about that person or persons and I want you to ask yourself this what exactly do you bring to the table as far as that friendship is concerned what do you bring why do they give you the time of day right I asked myself this question this week for the first time in my life and I'm stunned I've never asked myself that before and I didn't much care for the answer. <laughs> I didn't much care for the answer and I'm still searching but I'm going to come on to that in a bit because that is going to be what the majority of this episode is going to explore. But for now, I want you to chew it over. Think about, you know, your best mate, your best mates and I want you to think about why they give you the time of day. What do you bring to that relationship? And I'm going to share my brutal realisation in a bit. But first, bear in mind that ever since this pandemic began, I've intentionally avoided exploring the more, I don't know, the, the, the more bleak side. I've been quite facetious and flippant and I've just made gags about it because I wanted this to be a place where we could just get away from it, right? And just kind of relax. There's enough of that out there. I don't feel that I need to contribute, albeit I have in a very light ma light manner. Um, and I'm, that's not going to change in this episode, but there is one thing I want to mention because throughout the whole, how long has it been now? Like eight weeks, right? Something insane like that, eight weeks. Throughout that, I haven't really seen a spike in my mood and what I mean by spiking my mood there's not been anything that has annoyed me or pissed me off and I've seen in contrary in contrast to people who for example get wound up about people congregating in large groups it doesn't aggravate me necessarily because that's just, it's not in my makeup to get aggravated over over things of that I just don't generally get aggravated very easily um but something happened this week which genuinely shocked bewildered and troubled me and to you it'll seem quite flippant and I would argue it probably is quite flippant but it, I, I, I'm still computing it and that was the realization that human beings during this pandemic with no irony have been missing McDonald's that blew my fucking I actually thought it because I, I saw one person tweet something about missing McDonald's and I just thought it was being like a gag haha I miss McDonald's then I saw someone else tweet it and I was like hang on a minute are p 
people actually genuinely feeling a hole in their life that they wish to plug with a quarter pounder and that was i i i it, such was the level of confusion i actually had to tweet a question right because I, I i like to get first-hand empirical evidence before i feel justified in my rage so i tweeted this genuine question are some people actually missing mcdonald's i thought it was a joke when i saw the tweets and three people responded. I'll go through each of them in turn. Joe says, no. That said, if you were to place one in front of me, I'd devour it and it wouldn't be pretty. I did see that because they are closed. There is a surplus of beef. So shops are selling it cheap. A steak bargain. I mean, I would probably... That was one of the... I, I, I can accept that because for all intents and purposes, Joe, you are not missing McDonald's. But if anyone, you know, if someone placed one in front of you, like, why would you say no? I have, I'm I'm an ethical person and I have no desire to see wasted food. So I too would demolish a McDonald's, but I just, anyway. Person two, Nicole says, yes, I miss buying it, eating it, then wishing I hadn't bought it. And... My response to Nicole was, wow, I honestly underestimated people's fondness for that place. Then I was curious to find out how, whether she's got some mild addiction. So I asked her, typically, Nicole, how many McDonald's will you have in the average month? I asked purely to gauge the number of visits that equate to fondness, habit or yearning. To which she replied, well, I have a pub job on a Friday. Then she stopped. Nah. I basically just waste my gym workout on a McDonald's. It depends. Maybe like twice a month. Maybe more depending on the convenience. It's more convenient than fondness. And. That, that, I mean I can kind of. I just. I've always had a very dark relationship with McDonald's. Well actually that's not. If I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Like when I was stupid. And I didn't know any better. I enjoyed McDonald's like the rest of them. Like my brother's first job. I think it was, was it your first job? I think my brother's first job was working at McDonald's when he was at school. And I'll never forget this because it was like, it was like a a, a young boy's dream. Because I'd, I'd go in, we had this deal going on. <laughs> I hope you can't be imprisoned retrospectively. Is there a statute of limitation on giving your brother free food? Because that's where I'm about to go here. I don't know if there is a statute of limitation. I'm just going to have to hope so. He used to work on the counters you know, he was elevated. He wasn't on the burger. He wasn't on the burger production. So he used to work on the counters and I'd walk in and, you know, pretend we didn't know each other from Adam. I'd make an order and he would usually just give me a shitload of chips. I can't remember if he actually used to charge me for it either. This is probably going into bleak. I should probably just stop this here. <laughs> I, <laughs> sorry, I just had visions. I just had visions of my brother being getting a dawn raid three o'clock in the morning we, we, we apologize and um, we're about to confiscate your beautiful audi um what do you mean you're about to take my audi like well you used to give your brother chips oh i gave my brother chips a few you know over the years it's accumulated plus interest we'll just take the audi thank you very much are they the keys there <laughs> anyway not important so that's the thing we used to go so what i'm saying is i am not 
impervious to the allure of McDonald's. So that's when I was young, stupid, and didn't understand that it was essentially I was eating hollow food void of any nutritional value. It was just dog shit. I got, I grew up, hit my twenties, and like, yeah, this isn't for me. So to hear grown adults are still, you know, in that weird place where they see McDonald's as a thing. I just can't get my head around it. And I don't want to sound snobby here because I, you know, I, I eat shit like the rest of them, but just not McDonald's. <laughs> so, I, just, I, I just, it beggars belief. I, I hold people who eat McDonald's in, I have the same level of affection for people who eat McDonald's as people who eat people. I, 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 I don't distinguish between the two, you know, um, <laughs> it's just it's, of all the things to miss though during a lockdown of all the things to miss I miss McDonald's you can just imagine two mates I don't know let's let's call them Neil and Barry right you know they've not they've, they've not spoken to each other for a while because none of us have spoke to our mates really they meet up for the first time in a while oh barry how you doing man oh, how you doing barry barry how you doing baz oh, i'm not I'm, I'm not i'm not great neil what's up mate what's up mate i've just it's been eight weeks since i've it's been eight weeks since i've seen izzy um my my, my, my daughter and you, you know she lives with the ex so i've not been able to see her for the last eight weeks because i didn't want to put her at risk and it's just been absolute torture it's, i've never in the 16 years she's been my daughter i've never gone this long without seeing her and it's just it's just had me in bits and you know i have her every weekend so this is um i don't know i just want to see her i just want to see her and it's been it's just been really really hard mate um but you know she's 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 healthy she's safe so i'm just i'm just trying to focus on that um and i, I know i'm going to see her soon so so it's 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 okay but yeah thanks for asking mate i don't I, you know i don't i don't want this to be all about me like what what about what about you has it been for you what have you missed um fries i mean <laughs> i just you know i love perspective and wow it's just it's just a real thing so i'm curious and you know i want you to be honest with yourself if you too have missed mcdonald's i want you to I'll, I'll, this is a safe space for us to share and i want you to tell me via twitter instagram facebook send me a message let me know if you've missed it or if you like me are beyond incredulous about it and y y you you're not having it. Let me know, because you know, people making Big Macs at home. I've seen these news reports about people making their own Big Macs and their own McMuffins. I'm one hundred percent fine with that, because that's you know, that's just if nothing else, it's inventive, it's creative, it's fun, it's occupying your time. But to actually covet and think and mess and pine for a McDonald's, fucking hell. Anyway, right. So let us return to my opening question what was your answer who's your who's your bestie or besties who were the who who's the one person or the two people or the three people that you know are always gonna are always gonna battle for you're always gonna stand up and support you help you in any way they conceivably can the three people i alluded to earlier on that i'm super grateful for having them in my life are carl john and andrew right 
And it's not one of those things. I'm not speculating or guessing that they'd do anything for me. They've proved to be there for me at any given time and I've needed them. And that's just something that I occasionally reflect on but this week was the first time I actually really delved into deep and it was the first time I'd realized what exactly what what do they and anybody else that's ever been fond of you seeing you and I don't know what that is and I'm going to go into this but I don't want you thinking this is like false modesty oh yeah CK is wanting us to say oh you're all right I'm genuinely not sure <laughs> I'm not a bastard don't get me wrong but the nature of my personality is one whereby I'm as happy with you well actually maybe i'm even less happy but like time on my own is utopia for me so i can go weeks or months without necessarily seeing a mate sometimes not even call <laughs> so and that, and i know I'm, the older i get the more i realize that's quite rare that's why this whole that's why this whole pandemic has barely flinched for me because i've not noticed any great difference in my life or my interactions with humans to be honest so let me explain why I had this realization. I do a lot of work on my MacBook and I got a comment under one of my YouTube videos this week, which was quite a scathing one about one of my documentaries. I'm going to talk about this comment towards the end of this documentary, but it's actually relevant here as well. I got a scathing comment about this documentary. And if you've listened to some of my previous episodes of this podcast you will know that i am a huge believer in the law of polarity everything has an opposite i wish i knew which episode it was and i spoke about this but i genuinely can't but everything has an opposite as far as i'm concerned so if somebody sends me a scathing comment online there's going to be a positive somewhere else and i and, I, and i'm getting in i'm getting unbelievably efficient at finding that positive so this comment plopped in my timeline someone saying something scathing again we'll, we'll come back to this later and it didn't take me long to find the positive and the positive in this instance was oh look at you reading this comment on your free macbook that carl gave you <laughs> just to clarify right over the last 10 years i have had two macbook pros both of which were given to me by carl Probably my longest standing best mate. I've known Carl for more than half of my life. We met at college for the Sheffield people. We met at Castle College during A-level chemistry. And we'd have been 18. So I've known Big Man for like 20 plus years. And Carl is just one of those people you would be fortunate if you had him in your life. Because he's never been materialistic. And he's just one of those humans will just, it, you don't even have to be his mate. Like if you want something and he can furnish you with it, then he just will without really flinching about it. He's just one of those humans. And so like 10 odd years ago, I was still using a desktop computer and Carl is a massive tech nerd. He's like an engineer now, but he's always been a tech nerd. So Carl like had him, he was one of the first people I ever knew with a MacBook and because he's a massive tech nerd, he always just upgrades it very quickly. So I remember 10 years ago, he just said, first time he said, CK, do you want the MacBooks? I'm about to upgrade. Now, just to give this context, you'll probably be thinking, well, he gave you a bag of shit, but that's not it. He's a tech nerd, so he always wants to have the newest stuff. So when he upgrades, what he's upgrading from, for a lesser mortal, is still unbelievable. So he's given me an unbelievable MacBook just because he wants to upgrade and have the newest one. So he's like, there's nothing wrong with this. Do you want it? And I was like, at the time, I was very anti-Apple. And to be fair, I'm still not on Team Apple. I've never had an Apple phone. But if someone's going to give me a free MacBook, ching, ching, right? 
do you want this MacBook? And I'm like, eh. All right, how much do you want for it? I don't want anything for it. I remember at the time I was a bit daft. I thought, well, you know what, mate? I can't take it for nothing. Let me give you two hundred. Let me give you 300 quid. And I think I gave him 300 quid. At the time, I thought, I, w- I didn't think that was a big deal. But the longer I've had the MacBook, the more I realised I got the deal of the century. Because like 10 years later, I still have that MacBook. And the only problem with it is that I think three keys don't work. So I now have to use a Bluetooth keyboard. You know I like detail, so I'm just I'm I'm, I'm getting that impression. I'm sometimes I sometimes have this little voice in my head saying, "CK, they don't need to know about the fucking keys. Get on with the story." I don't know if I'm there yet, <laughs> but anyway, three keys don't work. It's still fine. It's a little bit slow, but it's still fine. I can, that would be a great gift for like someone, just not me. Anyway, now fast forward like ten years, and I think it was about six, seven months ago, he just sent me a direct message. Carl now lives in Aberdeen with his wife and his two kids, and he's like a very senior engineer guy. And he just sent me a direct message out of the blue. He knew nothing about the fact that the MacBook didn't have three keys working. He just sent me a message saying, dude, I'm about to upgrade my MacBook again. Like, do you want to... You've obviously had the one I gave you 10 years ago all this time, which is blowing my mind. But anyway, do you want this one? It's going to be, you know, it's a newer version. Do you want it? For no, Now, just to give you context, Carl is my bestie, bestie of all time, but like we can go months without talking because you know our life sometimes just like has a chasm of space between two human beings you'll still love him and you just kind of pick up wherever you left off but there'll be months where you don't talk you know he's got his family and I've got my empty life <laughs> so he's like like when he sent me that message we might not have spoken for months but he's like dude do you want this do you want this and I think his exact words were I could put this on eBay but I'd rather you just have it have it so Yes, so right, I'm gonna get onto back onto track. So I got this message on YouTube. Oh, by the way, I said yes. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said yes quicker. Said yes. He packaged it up, sent it to me via DP, DP whatever, and now I've got two MacBooks. And so this guy sent a scathing comment on YouTube, and then I was looking for the positive, and I just thought, look at you on 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 a on a on your second ever free MacBook, concerned about this guy sending you heat online meanwhile you've got these incredible mates so that's what i'm talking about i'm always looking for the good in any seemingly bad situation and that was and that was the good there and then i just started thinking hang on a minute most people's mates don't ever give them a free snickers yet carl's given you two free macbooks how is that then it went to the next layer and moreover why like what have you ever given Carl? You went. You were the best man at his wedding, begrudgingly. <laughs> when I say I was the best man at his wedding, begrudgingly, I generally don't like weddings. I find them deeply boring, and I've been to. I have declined almost as many weddings as I've been to. But we'll again, come on to that in a minute. But yeah i started delving into it then i thought why is carl my mate why is john my mate why is g g's andrew why is andrew my mate that's like really interesting question i've never asked myself this before because i think i said in a previous episode sometimes you take for granted whatever it is that you do effortlessly and that's one thing that i've never struggled with is making friends it's one of the things that i do very easily and but the thing is i'm not like i don't think i'm necessarily mr charisma like Thinking back on school, I've never been the popular kid. I've never been the funniest kid. I've never been the best at sport. I certainly wasn't the guy that was going to get you, ch- <laughs> was going to get you laid, right? And this has just been—I'm like 
the most steady Eddie in the world. And yet, through school, college, uni, whatever, it's always been super easy to make friends and people just find it, people trust me and all that shit. The kind of shit people tell me is just bizarre. And I'm just thinking, why is this, I wonder? And I still don't know the answer. So I'm keen for you to do this self-analysis as well. And tell me who who's your bestie or besties and what do you bring to your relationship? It's not like, it's not that, uh, it's not that I'm not trustworthy. It's not like you can't trust me. I'm not flaky. Like if we make arrangements and those arrangements will happen, I'll never be the guy that calls you last minute because I've got something better. I'm not that guy. I'm reliable. I'm, if you tell me something, you know it's not going any further. But these for me are all just basic fundamentals. These aren't anything to like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I appreciate that there are some ends out there who cannot fulfill these basic needs of a friendship. I get it. And I, and I know that there's many, many tossers out there who fall short on these basic demands, you know, the flaky dickheads who like, we're we're meeting in two hours, beep, beep, phone call. I can't do it, mate. I know those people exist. I'm not one of them. But like I said, I think I take all the standard, obligatory, low-level boxes. I'm just trying to think where I go above and beyond and I'm struggling. (laughs) Where do you go above and beyond? Like, what are you really good at with friends? I mean, I'm good at spelling. I'll, I'll give me that. I think that's what I bring to mine and, mine and John's relationship. Johnny, I, I do a lot of his spelling for him. Bless him. <laughs> Spelling's not Johnny's strong point. Um, but for context, Johnny's, John, Johnny's doing very well out of life. Um, he's very good at business and stuff. But copy and spelling, not for Johnny. So uh, I do a lot of that. But I don't know if that's enough for him to tolerate my behaviour at times. We do have an ongoing joke that I'll usually phone him and he'll usually know that I want something. (laughs) But, you know, it's never anything major. It'll always just be something technical because I'm not good at anything necessarily tech like the online space. I'll just help him asking for stuff. But, um, yeah, I just, which, back to the weddings thing as well. I, I, I will do anything I possibly can to wriggle out of a wedding. I'm not painting a good image of myself here, but you know this podcast is all about honesty. Weddings, Jesus Christ. Uh, Yeah, I've turned down so many weddings in my time. But these are what I call peripheral friends. Friends that I have enormous affection for, but they they haven't yet penetrated that core. So I feel, I feel... I feel less obliged (laughs) to go to that boxy wedding. The the thing about weddings, right? You don't want me at your wedding, to be honest with you, because you're just going to have a miserable looking shithead in the corner. You don't don't want me there. And it's like, I think I'm doing you a favour by not coming at the end of the day. I, I see no huge difference between how the government are see the coronavirus and how I see weddings at the end of the day because the government they're all about stay home protect the NHS save lives and as far as weddings are concerned I'm all about stay home protect my sanity and save my cash because presents are fucking expensive right and (laughs) it's just it's just the way I see it and let's be honest the stats 
are in my favour. The stats are in my favour. Because if you were a good friend, you wouldn't invite me to your wedding because you know that the chances are it's going to be a waste of my time because you're going to divorce in a couple of years. I mean, and the stats will corroborate this. So, you know, have a little bit of respect for my time. All right. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever asked yourself this question now? That's the question. Have you ever asked yourself, what do I bring? To my friendship. If plural. What do I bring to my friendships? Have you ever asked yourself that question? I'd love to know the answer to this. This is really fascinating. Like what each individual... Are you the are you the charismatic one? Or are you the funny one? Or are you the one that, you know... Are you the one that brings the tale to proceedings? Like, you know, if, if you're like a hot woman, you're the one that always brings the dudes. Or if you're a hot dude, you always bring the women. Like, what do you bring? <laughs> I'm falling short in many areas. And like I said, I think I'm just a Ford focus of the friendship world. I do, I do, I do all right at most things. I am certainly no Bentley Continental. Let's put it that way. Now, friendships. This brings me nicely to my final talking point because I don't know if you are privy to the fallout that happened on Facebook with me this week when I don't want to say I was accused of publicly shaming one of my friends called Grace it wasn't really accused I was it was more I was quizzed by someone I've got no idea who they are if that's what I was doing someone quizzed me on Facebook three days ago whether I was publicly shaming a friend now before I get on to that I want to tie up the loose end that I've been talking about getting some abuse online and I yeah someone's what someone posted under you know I've got a documentary called waiting with a killer right I have if you're not aware of that. I've got a documentary called waiting with a killer you can you can you can watch it it's a short documentary waiting with a killer.com fill your boots someone wrote this underneath that this week so horrible what did I just waste my time watching? And why is this guy acting like he's a famous documentary maker? And Waiting With A Killer has really split audiences almost exactly down the middle. Like People who love it, love it. And people who don't aren't shy to let me know that I'm a Ford Focus. <laughs> Even when it comes to making documentaries, I'm a fucking... <laughs> I'm a family hatchback, right? I mean, this was so horrible. What did I just waste my time watching? And why is this guy acting like he's had famous documentaries out? So that was posted four days ago. And again, like I said, I was I was searching for the good. And, you know, after I, did, after I remembered that I've had two free MacBooks, someone sent me a beautiful message on Facebook. And... That was, you need to start doing this, guy, seriously. And this is, this to some might sound a bit hippy-dippy, a bit out there. But once you start actually training your mind to always look for the good rather than the bad, it always will. So when that guy sent me that comment, I was like, I bet someone says something nice at some point this week. And I'm, and I'm going to commit to making that happen. And I think, I think the next day, yeah, it was the next morning, some random dude out of the blue. Hi, CK. I was watching one of your web, webinars 
this week and when you spoke at the end something prompted me to google you and now I'm glad I did I've since watched 61 hugs on your latest documentary out there there was they were really captivating and I couldn't help watching with a big smile on my face I was so well oh they were so well made I just love the way you interact with people and the way people's personalities shine through especially the taco bar owner in out there then 61 hugs I sat at my computer and was just blown away it's such a wonderful look at human nature I was fighting back the tears at the end so well edited just beautiful and thank you so that this is a bit of a tangent but it's all going to come back together so bear with me what I'm saying is and this is something I wish I wish more people had tried is that you know I got the I got the hostile comment I'm like well it wasn't hostile it was just someone saying it was that my documentary shit and then the next day I was like I'm going to find some good and there it came just plopped out of the sky so I think I've discussed this in previous episodes of this podcast that you know I generally feel that you're that you're I suppose your perception just shapes your reality and I'm seeing more and more of that more and more frequently it's quite frightening once you actually start exploring it but yeah that's my little non-qualified sub GCSE psychology tip for you is that when this shit happens just try and switch to looking for the good as quickly as you can because you'll usually find it and it depends if you're a believer that you'll find what you're you'll find what you're looking for I am then it just proves to be the case but anyway so let's go back to this post on Facebook because I discovered this week that one of my friends, Grace, Grace, who's the official model for my merch. You know, I don't know if you've seen her online, Grace. She's 23, blonde hair, beautiful masterpiece, and she models my hoodies and stuff. And it turns out she tagged me in an Instagram story this week. And I didn't know what she was tagging me for. So I looked at it and said, I'm just watching 61 Hugs. And my jaw dropped because 61 Hugs was released 19 months ago. And here's Grace watching it now. She's basically saying, yeah, yeah I couldn't be arsed in the past, but now I've got fuck all else on. I'm bored, shitless. I'm watching your garbage. <laughs> That's not what she said. And that was my interpretation. So I found it really funny. Don't get me wrong. I don't think the world owes me a living. And I don't think anybody is compelled to watch my stuff, but I just thought it was funny because Gracie's mum, for some reason, likes me a lot. And her mum watched it ages ago. But Grace, now nah, I've got better things to do, mate. So I found it really funny. And it 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 made me realise something I've been discovering a lot recently is that as an artist, as a creator, you can't tweet or self-promote enough because... You might think I'm talking about this too much. I've been talking about 61 Hugs for like uh, 19 months, but you think everybody's seeing what you're tweeting, but the chances are they're not because of the algorithm or because they just choose to skip over your profile photo every time it lands in their feed. I don't know. Either way, people are seeing a mere fraction of what you're putting out there. So my tip to artists is that you cannot promote enough. Just throw it out there. Very few people have been bothered or seeing it, so it's all right. And Grace is the perfect example. So I wrote about this in a blog post saying that as artists, we owe it to ourselves to put about as much stuff about our art out there as possible. Because you're going to have shit friends like Grace who won't watch it for 19 months or whatever your art form is. You've got mates who won't see it. And I was being very, very tongue-in-cheek, sarcastic, facetious. But my writing is quite subtle. So that subtlety 
doesn't land with everybody. So I posted that blog post and someone on my Facebook page, CK Golding, you can still see the comment. I don't know if she's taken it off. I've not been on in a few days. She wrote, I read your blog post and can't quite tell if it was just banter between friends or a genuine moan about someone not being interested in your content. The latter seems incredibly odd to me because I just don't think anyone ever owes you their time or energy. So to shame someone in public feels quite mean. Now, let me just break this down for you. This is a woman I don't know asking whether my blog post about Grace not seeing my film was intended to publicly shame her. And I think the person that's asking that question, as I reflected on it, I think that's, that's justified. Not because I was publicly shaming her but you know as humans we sometimes do think we are the center of the universe and we do think that everybody knows us but they don't so this is someone that's never necessarily read a blog from me so she doesn't she's not aware of the way I write being very subtle and just being littered with sarcasm so if you came to that blog post cold never hearing of me who's CK Golding question that most people are asking to be fair let's be honest she won't know that so she asked a justified question, but it got me thinking, well, I wonder if anyone else thought I was taking the piss or I was trying to publicly shame Grace because, you know, I can tolerate most things. But I don't want people thinking I'm publicly shaming 23-year-old women. It's not ideal. So what I did was I thought rather than explaining via a post or a video, it's not really me. I'll never, I'm not a big fan of explaining myself to humans, so I thought I'll just ring up Grace and see what she thought about it. And everything I'm talking about now, you can find on my website, the original blog post, where I was sarcastically calling my mate Grace a shipmate. You can find that on my website, ckgolding.com. And that is ckgolding, G-O-L-D-I-I-N-G. Dot com. Go to the blog called Brutal Wake Up Call for My Ego. That's where I posted the original slur aimed at Grace. And then if you go to the follow-up blog post called Did I Publicly Shame My Friend? You can see the Facebook question from the person asking if I public shamed her. And then what I did, I've embedded a phone call between Grace and I where I asked Grace whether or not she thinks I was publicly shaming her. Now what I'm going to do because I'm done for this week. I'm going to play you the opening of our phone call. And I right. welcome Let you. me. Well, that's me. Call Gracie. Yeah, do that, dude. There we go. Right, so this is the opening of the conversation between Grace and I. Many of you have probably watched right. it because you're all heroes and you get my stuff online. So this is the opening, ckgolding.com. You and I will hang out next week. Enjoy. Gracie. Hello, you okay? I'm all right, thanks, chicken. How are you? Good, I'm all right, thanks. Good bored. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, that's it. Gracie, you're going to have to do me a favour. I know you've got a soft voice, but you, have you, am I on loudspeaker because you sound even so, smaller than usual? Yeah, should I take you off the loudspeaker? I'd love Hear me you, now. I'd love you eternally. Yeah, that's much better. Okay, good. Right, let me get my monster one sec. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, right, I'm right nervous. I'm scared what you're going to ask me. Yeah, but that's because you're naturally a worrier. I know, exactly. Born worrier. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Grace, because I I published my blog, like, 
I think it was three days ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, and it turns out I've been guilty of something I've been guilty of throughout my life, and it, and it and I, and I need to stop doing this. And basically, I have assumed, like I always do, that everybody thinks the same as me, and everybody has the same sense of humour. And what I mean by that is, I assumed that the irony and sarcasm in that blog was obvious to everybody, right? <laughs> but apparently not. Because <laughs> why? Well. I've been sent something on Facebook, which you know nothing about. You know, not, you know nothing about this, do you? I've not, I've not even prepped you about what I'm going to talk to you about. No, I don't know. I don't have a clue. <laughs> no. So I was sent something on Facebook yesterday that made me pause for a bit and thought, oh, clearly the irony and sarcasm hasn't come through. So I'm not the kind of guy, as you know, Grace, who's, who feels necessarily the need to explain himself. And even if I did, yeah. even if I did, it might come across as like self-serving he's going to say that. So I thought I'd just ring you straight away and that would just give the best possible perspective, right? Okay. So I'm going to read what someone sent me on Facebook after she read the blog now and then I'm going to give you a second to think about it and just give any response you like. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm scared. Okay, go on. You're even more nervous now. This isn't helping your nerves, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> You're really uh, building it up, up as well. Come on, get on with it. That, that's my job. I'm. I'm. I'm that's my job. I'm a storyteller. Right. And a giant bell end. <laughs> I told you, I bring nothing to my friendship. Jesus. See you all next week. <laughs>